I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Welcome to She is Risen, the podcast, where the woman new or mature to her faith can come to learn, decompress, and heal the anxiety keeping her from living a deeper, connected, meaningful, and purpose-led life. I'm your host, Riley June, cognitive behavioral therapist and woman of God. Six years ago, I was riddled with anxiety, lost in New Age practices, and I've been blessed to be saved and go on to help thousands of others heal their anxiety and deepen their relationship with Christ. You are not alone. I am here to help. Tune in for the weekly therapy your soul has been praying for. All right, welcome to another session. I am so excited to dive into this episode today, primarily because this is a very big conversation that's happening a lot. I'm seeing this in people's content. I'm having these conversations with my clients. I'm sharing in a lot of these conversations with you guys. And it is literally the question, how do I know if what I'm receiving, the vision, the guidance, the answers, the purpose is from God or if it is from the enemy? And separate to that, but equally included in this is as you're in the pursuance of whatever it is you feel called to, whether it's a weight loss transformation or for me eight months ago, it was becoming a more present and patient mom, whether it's becoming more financially stable or starting that business or, you know, manifesting the clients, right? Like if, how do you know that what you're doing is the guidance from God or if it is the guidance from the enemy? And in the pursuit of that, are you in fact in full honesty and transparency actually leaning into the knowing that what you are pursuing is in fact true. Now, I want to give a caveat to this. There is no way to know 150% that what you are doing is exactly what it should be. And the reason that I want to give that caveat is because there's not like a checklist that every single individual person is gifted in the mail that says, hey, Andrea, hey, Jennifer, hey, Karen, this is, yep, okay, August or October 19th, you should be here. There's no like like checklist that you get, right? So I want to give that caveat. But here's a really great insight into being able to step back and really differentiate. One, if what you're doing, the calling you're pursuing is truly of God, and two, how to remain faithful in that in that pursuit, I think that there's two sides to this we really need to explore for the reason being that our brains, first and foremost, we got to do this from scientific literature, our brains are hardwired to always think in a survivalistic tendency. Okay, so we have to go into this conversation at least knowing this. Our brains only care, one, what we're actually doing. So I gave this example on a live the other day. Um, 
if you're someone who is on like a weight loss journey and you're like, okay, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get, I'm going to get up. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to eat the nutrition. And you're, you're in your head about this. You're having this type of a conversation and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then breakfast comes and you're like, oh, I probably could add something better. Okay. And, and okay, so I'm going to work out today. I'm going to, I'm going to get on the treadmill. I'm going to go for the walk. I'm going to go for the run. I'm going to do the exercise. I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to go to the gym. Your brain doesn't care about all the things that you're saying. The brain is only fixated on, okay, we're not doing this right now. Or, okay, we are doing this right now. Here we are on the treadmill, at the gym, eating better. Your brain doesn't care what you think you should or should not be doing or your feelings around it and if you have time. Your brain doesn't care. And when you understand that, it really gives a lot of context to the fact that our brain is always in survival mode. So it's only thinking about whether or not something is a perceived threat, okay? Now with that, if you are someone who is constantly in your head, you're, you're fixated on your thoughts running a mile an hour and what you're not doing, what you think you should be doing or you're not doing enough, you're also putting your body in a cortisol fight and flight state because now you're inducing stress around something that you may or may not do and so your brain and your body are in going to naturally be in this place of self-doubt and victim mentality and shame and blame and guilt because your stress levels are higher, your anxiety is higher, all because instead of just deciding and following through with something, I'm not saying that there's no room to like second guess yourself like, hey, maybe I should or should not be doing this, right? If, if your thing right now is financial literacy and discipline, it's like, maybe I should or should not be buying this thing, right? There, I'm not saying that there's no room for you to be able to have self-doubt and that your body's just going to automatically crash. But if you're on a journey and a trajectory for change and transformation, and you spend more time in your head and in your emotions about what it is that you're doing, your body and your brain only care whether you are or not. And your thoughts are going to invoke a specific type of feeling. So we need to address this from a bit of a scientific understanding to really get into the context of the scripture that I have prepared today that's just been like, oh man, it, it's such a catalyst into this conversation of knowing whether or not you are following the Lord's guidance or whether you are chasing the devil. And so when we take that, that chunk of information and we recognize two things within that, one, your body only cares, your brain only cares what you're in fact doing, right? Like your way forward is only about what you do. With that, you can invoke a lot of stress and anxiety if you stay in your head and in your feelings and you don't do anything about it. If you're someone who, this is where I find a lot of people really struggle, especially with their anxiety and transformation, is that they stay very much in a survivalistic state, meaning literally what we just talked about where your mind is running a mile an hour and you're all in your feelings and you're you're spiking all your cortisol levels and your serotonin, which is your hormones that balances your mood, is getting depleted because there's so much cortisol. Even if you do do the thing like get on the treadmill or eat the good food, assuming this is a weight loss thing or finances, even if you pay the bills or put the money away for savings or don't buy the thing that you know you shouldn't do, not purchasing your whole Amazon cart. Uh, if you're still in that headspace of thinking about not enough, not good enough, this is bad, this I shouldn't have done this, I should have done better, you're not actually helping yourself to improve. One, because your focus isn't on moving forward. Your focus is on the pain of right now or the subconscious pain of the past. And that's really important to understand in this context because when we place our 
our sight, our mind, our hearing, our feelings, our perspective on the Lord, it helps you to really understand that in what you are doing, it is a measure of discipline that you are leaning into. So when your mind is running a mile, uh, um, Uh, 100 miles an hour or when you're in the self-doubt or when you're on the treadmill or off or eating the good food or not or buying the thing or not or whatever it is that the challenge is for you right now the thing that you're struggling with or the multiple things that you're struggling with when your eyes are fixated on the Lord you separate yourself from that mechanism that is built into our bodies on our own when we are left to our own understanding that is the cycle that we stay in okay We need to understand that because we are energetic beings in a human experience. We were energy before we were a physical person. God created us in our great, 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 great grandmother's wombs far beyond we before us getting here. So you were a thought. You were an energy far before you became a human. And physically, Our brains are programmed to fixate on what we are doing or what we are not doing. And we program subconsciously deeper levels of stress and anxiety and overwhelm when we're in that state of survivalism fixating on whether or not what we're doing right now is good enough. Now, when we bring Jesus into the conversation, it helps us to recognize That right now there's a sense of pain. There's a sense of suffering. There's a sense of survivalism. There is a sense of deep programming that you are breaking out of. Because in Jesus, there is freedom no matter where you are and what you're doing. That's the beauty about him. So even if we look at this Jesus from an energetic standpoint, he is the Alpha, the Omega, the Almighty. He is the end and the beginning. Well, God is. And God says the only way through him is through his son. So when we take Jesus spiritually, I'm going to go into scripture in a moment, but when we look at him spiritually, there is nothing else that compares to him that gives us that type of spiritual, energetic, mind, body, and soul freedom and peace like what is offered in him. So if you and we as human beings are always limited to our own perspective at any given point in time, right? If you are someone who is a doctor, You likely don't know how to go and build a building because you never learned how to be an architect. There's always wisdom and knowledge outside of you that may or may not be relevant to you at any given time. But my point is that you were always limited to your own understanding. And so when we choose to put our sights on the Lord, the one who has created everything, who knows who you were and where you are and where you're going, we have this freedom to surrender. We have this ability to cast our anxieties onto him. We have our ability to cast our fears onto him. We have our ability to derive strength and courage from him. And so when we're pursuing something greater in any form or fashion, I gave this, I did like kind of a testimony on my last live the other day, and I'll just super summarize it here. But I was talking about how um, eight months ago, I was or 10 months ago, I was having this conversation with God and I was like, hey, what is my purpose? Like, what am I here to do? Why did we learn all these things? Why are we in this position? You know, what's what's the purpose? What's the next best step? And I'm thinking that it's going to be a stage or we need to pursue this like greater, grander vision. And what I heard auditorily, clairaudiently was a present patient mom. 
That's what he told me to do. And I didn't think that that was good enough. I felt inferior to that vision. It was like, well, that's not like, yes, I want that. Don't get me wrong. But like, that's that's not the thing. And it was like, I'm praying to God for the answer. And he gave it to me. And I'm still doubting it. Whose voice am I really attached to? Okay, this is really where we start bridging into this concept of are you listening to the Lord or chasing the devil? Whose voice was I really attached to? And when I started asking that, there's there's two levels to it. There's physically, so my own physical human conditioning, right? Subconscious conditioning. But then energetically, there's also the voice of the enemy who can sneak in there and can say, that's not good enough for you. Who, who gave you that? It's supposed to be bigger. What I started to recognize with that was that at first I was angry and I denied it and I didn't want that to be the vision. I didn't want that to be the purpose at the time. When I started to submit, not to my own understanding, and continue to pray, Lord, reveal to me where I or the enemy is hindering me from serving you in a greater will, a prayer I say every single day, I just kept getting that same message. Become a more present, patient mom. And when I submitted to it and I really started to think about it, I realized that the habits that was going to be required for me to become a present and patient mom, not from a place of being perfect, right? I still have my days and we all will, but I am so much better than I was before. And not because I have to force my way into it, because, but because there is such a grace and a discipline now ingrained within me because of it. I realized that in order for what I thought was a more important vision, in order for me to ever even be able to get there, to have better better financial literacy and numbers in my accounts and serve more people and be on the stages and do all the things, I needed to learn the habits and the discipline that would equally require me to first and foremost heal and manage my top priority, which was to be a mom. That those same habits were going to interchangeably work in this next stage, in this next level of purpose, in this greater vision. But if I wasn't willing to submit to what God was literally revealing to me right then, one, I was chasing the enemy. The enemy of my thoughts, the enemy of spirituality, right? And so I really invite you to, before we go into this next segment, to really think about that right now. If you are in your faith, you're praying, you're in scripture, you're really creating that deeper level of devotion and relationship with the Lord. Do you actually, one, listen to what he's calling you to submit to right now? For some people, I was working with my client the other day and her thing that she was being called to submit to from the Lord was her laundry. It was literally her laundry. She was so fixated on this never-ending pile of laundry that was always in her, on her stairs and in her hallways and in the rooms all over the place. There was so much clothes and she couldn't get hold of it. And it was this huge overwhelm. And instead of going into all the behavioralisms of what that's symbolizing and all these things, yada, yada, it was like the Lord is literally calling you to submit to your laundry. To not just have gratitude while you clean it up every day, but to learn to create a schedule and a habit around managing that because the laundry is never going to end. I was working with another client two days ago, two days ago, three days ago, and uh, her thing right now is self-image. She has a really poor level of self-image, meaning that she doesn't even want to face herself in the mirror. And so instead of going into the symbolisms of how her past and her trauma influenced and affected this this notion of not even being able to face herself in the mirror, 
That was equally what the Lord was calling her to submit to right now. The thing that you are needing to submit to right now, the purpose that God is placing on your heart right now is the very thing that is your biggest challenge. There's two things we do not ever select in our lives. It is our interests and it is our challenges. It is truly divinely willed for you. And in your challenges is a greater lesson. Maybe something you go on to teach and share with other people in the world. Maybe just something that you need to embark on for yourself. I'm not going to go out and teach other people to become a more present patient mom. However, in the work that I do, it is a byproduct. But I needed to go first. I needed to learn. I needed to apply the six years of education that I've had to these very moments where God was calling me to submit to being a more present patient mom. And so... Are you listening to the Lord or are you chasing the devil? Here's how to know the difference. Here's the scripture that I derived this from that just like, I've been listening to um, letting the Bible app read to me every night before I go to sleep and it like knocks me out right away. And I love it because one, it really puts focus for me in resetting with God at the end of every day. But in the morning when I wake up, I know coincidence, it is always stopped on literally the perfect scripture. And so I don't know the four books that I went through last night, (laughs) but what I do know is when I woke up this morning, this is where it ended off. John 15, 18 to 25, the world hates the disciples. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. They are pers- um, if they persecute me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teachings, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin." Whoever hates me first or whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. And I really think about this because I have two. Um, so this one specifically really just brings such a conviction to who you're listening to. Are you listening to the voice of your mom or your dad or your brother, or your grandma or your coworkers or your spouse or your inner child who's screaming out saying, you're not good enough. You're never going to be able to do this. This is too hard for you. There's too much going on. When we... Um, As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. This is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. And so you have to really think about that line. You like, I I used to read scripture and just skim over it. And I was like, I don't know how this applies to me. And now it's like the words just jump off the page to me. And because this one specifically in alignment with what we're talking about is saying that if you're trying to abide by the world, if you're trying to abide by the standards of this world of where you think you should be or where other people expected you to be at this point in your life, 
you're going to feel hate. You're going to feel a lack of fulfillment. You're going to feel the disdain from every other person. Equally, you're not going to be able to see your own sin. You're not going to be able to see what you're idolizing. Oftentimes, I find that the biggest thing that people really struggle with and where they really are um, entrapped or attached to sin is in idolization, whether that's idolization of where they think that they should be or expected themselves to be in a specific community with a certain person, idolizing how much money they should have, idolizing the job position they should be in, idolizing their children and needing to fixate on whether their children are in specific sports or how they're doing or how that schedule looks like, instead of just one, recognizing where they're at mentally and emotionally and saying, hey, maybe it's actually not good for our entire family for each of my kids to be in three different sports running every night of the week because not only can I not handle it and your children regulate emotionally and subconsciously off of you. So if you're not regulated because you think that your kids need to be in all these things and maybe they want to be and maybe you can afford them and that's fine. But if you're not regulated in it, your kids aren't even going to be able to enjoy it. Because it's going to be a huge ball of stress around everyone. Oh, got to gotta grab the snack, get the snack, get the food. Did you eat? You didn't eat? Oh, got to eat, got to eat, got to eat. Okay, well, now you don't get anything. Now you don't, I'm not buying you anything. I'm not buying you food. So it's like, it just becomes this like cyclical suffering. And so we get enshrined in this place of lack of fulfillment and, and hate. And you know who is the prince of the world? The devil. So if we are not recognizing and keeping our eyes on the Lord, then we are subscribing to the enemy. We are chasing the devil. We are chasing these idolizations, these ideas of where we think we should be. And equally in that, if we are chasing, we're not in faith. We aren't in the faith that the message and the purpose and the vision and the guidance and the feelings and the direction that God has revealed to you, or so you think, if you have to chase it, Maybe it's not from him. I really want, I'm going to say that again. If you have to chase it, your kids' soccer schedules, making money, getting the clients, having a better health practice, maybe that's not the message that God was trying to relay to you. Because if you have to chase it, you don't have the faith that it's for you. And if it's for you, it should bring peace to you. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be that subconscious programming, that survivalism that we talked in the beginning, right? Even changing your frame of thoughts can invoke anxiety. But knowing that and choosing to submit into your practice with the Lord, you can shift that anxiety very quickly. But if it's not shifting and now, okay, maybe you do get on the treadmill, but that's, okay, we did that checkbox, but now we didn't do this thing over here. So now there's anxiety. So if your focus is constantly like a ping pong ball going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, it makes me think of that. I think it was a 90s game with the little ball and it'd go back and forth, bounce off those like, um, those sticks on either side. I, don't, I can't remember what it's called. If you have to chase something, you're not in faith that it's for you. I'll give you a personal example. I came home from the retreat that I went to a couple weeks ago and my my top two goals was completing my book that I've been writing for two and a half years. So writing my book and there's wagers on it and everything. Okay, so if I don't complete the certain deadlines that I've hit with this book, then there's certain things that I'm going to miss out on because of it. With that being said, there was also um, 
there's also a personal thing that I was also going to commit to, which was really surrounding my health, getting some answers. I'm so grateful. I booked an appointment with Dr. Jacques. I talk about him often on my page, on on the podcast. Uh, just an incredible natural path who really can help you get to the root of any of your issues, whether it's a hormonal issue, whether it's a dietary issue, whether it's inflammation, brain fog. Um, if you've been subjected to mold, like he can help you with all these things. Fertility, he has a lot of clients who he helps with on their fertility journeys. Um, I booked an appointment with him, a consult with him. And so with these goals that I set, I came home and I started to realize that immediately I get, got anxiety because I wasn't working on this book fast enough. While also, mind you, I'm in school full time and I'm homeschooling as well. So there's a lot on my plate. And so I really had to sit and reflect, like, is this something that the Lord is willing for me to achieve at this time? Because if it is, I can just do a quick mental reframe, really dial in a little bit more discipline around my schedule and have the time to do it, or I'm going to chase it and that that reframe isn't going to help me. And is he actually willing that for me right now? So I really had to sit with this. Now, the conclusion that I came to is that this is something for me. And that this is really important to get out into the world right now. It's all about literally what we're talking about right now. So good. I think I just found the title of my book. With that being said, whatever it is that you are striving for right now in your life, first and foremost, check in. Is this in fact what the Lord wants for you right now? And the way to know that if it is or not, is, is it refining you? It doesn't make it easy. Becoming a pe- present patient mom isn't easy. That wasn't something that I was like, oh yeah, done. Oh, don't yell at my kids. Yeah, I had to work through the anger that I was feeling that was completely unrelated to my kids. That was actually from six years ago. I had to work through a lot of guilt and shame that was also ensuing that anger that I was feeling. That wasn't easy. I didn't want to address that. There was a lot of things that I had to come to terms with and even ask for forgiveness about that I didn't feel or want to be ready for, but the Lord knew that I was. It also was really obvious. See, the Lord is simple and he is clear and concise. The enemy loves flattery. Ooh, if you do this, look what you can get. Look what you can get. Oh, you're so good at that. You should do that. The enemy loves flattery. And he needs you to chase him. He needs you to chase the thing that you think you're doing to keep you stuck in anxiety, to keep you stuck in survivalistic loops, to keep you, to pull you away from the Lord. So if you, in your heart of hearts, believe that what you are doing right now, what you are pursuing, the change that you are making is in fact for you, it is the vision, the message, the feeling granted from God, then lean into your faith that that's what you should be doing. Pray over it when you feel the attacks. Spiritual attacks are a very real thing. When you start to detach yourself from the enemy and you start to lean more onto the Lord, yeah, you're going to go under a spiritual attack. Right before I got baptized a year and a half ago, I remember scoffing at my priest when he said spiritual attacks are real. And I came from New Age, so I definitely knew that they were. And I scoffed at him thinking as if I would know when the enemy was attacking me. It was like the next day, not even 12 hours later, my brain went into overdrive around financials, 
We weren't financially unstable at this point, but all of a sudden I started worrying so deeply about all these things crumbling and not, they're not being enough of and no, 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 no. And, and in that time I was working on financial discipline and I was really proud of and grateful for the way, the learning process of all that. And all of a sudden after that conversation, he, it is literally like he called it. He called the enemy to the forefront and I scoffed and I don't scoff at people. So I also could see that there was an attachment and a possession that existed within me. And when I scoffed and then within the next day, this went on for two weeks, my mind was racing. I couldn't sleep. I was up all night thinking about finances. And again, there wasn't anything to necessarily be worried about. But all of a sudden, the future didn't seem possible. The now was crumbling. And about two weeks in, it was literally two days before I actually got baptized, it was revealed to me, and this is where my prayer came came from, Lord revealed to me where I or the enemy are hindering me from serving you in a greater capacity. It was then that that prayer was revealed to me because as I said it out loud, it was like, there it is. This financial discipline that the Lord placed on my heart. It became a revelation of also where my spiritual attacks were happening. And I recognized in that moment that all the grace I was missing through the process was because I was chasing it. I was chasing it. The Lord called me to be more responsible with my finances. Okay, there's going to be a learning process. There's going to be uncovering of, you know, how my parents manage finances and how I grew up managing my own finances and and all my thoughts and beliefs and experiences around money. There was going to be that unpacking and it wasn't going to be easy. But it was in the anxiety that I could recognize that now I was just chasing the enemy. Now I was just chasing the devil. Now I needed to find a way to get myself out of this because I was never going to do it otherwise unless I did, like unless I buckled down and really got, the Lord says, I'm here. We're going to go through this together. I'm going to help you. This is important. There's going to be moments where you need strength, where you need courage, where you are in weakness, and I'm here to help you. And in those moments, I could have either sat back and said, okay, this is a big one. This is a big one. I'm going to just really trust in you right now. I'm going to pray over this, Lord. I feel like I'm under a spiritual attack right now. May you help me see the ways in which the enemy is working on my heart and my mind to hold me away from you, to keep me away from you, to keep me out of discipline with you and to, Lord, I just ask that you bring that peace over me. Lord, I ask you bring the peace over the one who is listening right now, who is under the enemy's attacks right now, who is under a spiritual warfare, who is struggling to see see themselves and the purpose and the vision and the mission that you have granted them at this time, no matter how big or small, all of it conclusively important Help them to see through your eyes. Help them to see themselves through your eyes so that they can see the difference, so that the enemy can be revealed to them, so that they can conquer the enemy in Jesus' name. Amen. So I just ask you to really sit with that. Are you in full faith? It doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. But are you in full faith that what you're pursuing, what you're striving for, what it is that you're changing in your life is from the Lord? And if it is, lean less on the guilt and the shame and the overwhelm and all of this mind running a mile an hour. Lean not on that. Lean on the Lord. Because 
as we are of the of the world, we will feel the lack of fulfillment and the hate. We will feel that. So I'm going to leave that with you today. I hope this episode brought insight and guidance to you. In faith, there should be a peace. In the enemy, there will be something else that you need to chase. And that's going to be the difference for you to understand if you are listening to the Lord or you are chasing the devil. I hope you have a wonderful day. Okay, I was on the live and so I couldn't like pull back and get this other scripture from John 15 that I originally had wanted, but the one that ended up, we ended up with, ended up still working for the context of this message. But I really want to leave you with this scripture, which I had originally planned and prepared for you. And it is John 15, 1 to 5. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. How powerful is that? Especially in the context of are you listening to the Lord or are you chasing the devil? I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. Right? Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. If you are stuck in the survivalism of chasing, chasing, chasing what you're doing, you're not leaning on the discipline of prayer in the moments of, yes, we have hard times. And yes, things go wrong. And yes, it doesn't make growing easy. Like growing, healing, all that stuff. It's not easy. But if you remain in the Lord, you will bear fruit. You cannot do it on your own. I have walked hundreds of women, including myself, through a spiritual lens with New Age work, and they could not do it on their own. A lot of them still are stuck in the same cycles that they have been navigating now for six years. They have more tools, they have more skills, but they don't have the strength to lean into a greater hope and faith in moving forward because they're trying to do it alone. They're doing it in the world. The lack of fulfillment is the voice in their ear. They are chasing the enemy. So I leave you with this today. Check out these two scriptures. Read through John 15. Honestly, it's such a powerful chapter. Um, There's just so much contrast and context into how you can utilize your faith to trust in the Lord, to lean not on your own understanding, and to follow a purpose greater than what you think and can conceive right now. And if you are looking for the accountability, the education, and the grace for eight weeks, well, really 10 weeks, we break two weeks at Christmas, but you still get access to the group coaching um, program, uh, sorry, community. If you're looking for that accountability over this, over the last 10 weeks of this year, oh my goodness, we're almost at the end of 2023, and have that support going into 2024. The Destiny Moment program is the moment you decide that your future is worth fighting and praying for. Meaning that whatever growth pains that you're struggling with right now, 
we're going to lean on listening to the Lord and no longer chase the enemy in our mind, in our hearts, in our lives. And that's the kind of unpacking we're going to be doing in this program. So Noah's going to lose it. He was patient for this long. And uh, if you want the link, it'll be in the show notes. I look forward to seeing you in there. You're going to be joining some incredible women who are ready to take charge of their anxiety and their lives over the enemy. And it's just going to be so much fun. All right. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found the faith and encouragement you needed to rise up and conquer. I am on a mission to impact 500,000 women with this work, and I need your help to do it. If you could leave a five-star review and share this with a friend, I will be forever grateful. Remember, Jesus is the only name that can conquer all darkness, and it is up to you to choose him daily so that you can live a purpose-filled, Holy Spirit-led life too. Oh,